0: Hello and welcome to Storytime, presented by Third Degree Burn. Today, we are reading Uncanny X-Men 133, Wolverine Alone. Written by Chris Claremont and John Byrne. Penciled by John Byrne. Inked by Terry Austin. Tom Orvertowski is letterer. Glennis Wine is colorist. Jim Salakrup is editor. Jim Shooter is editor-in-chief. When you hear the tone, you can turn the page. Her cover has Wolverine going up against several armored clad men from the hellfire club and in the front cover it says all of the x-men have fallen before the might of the hellfire club all except one wolverine lashes out our story opens in a sub-basement below the below new york's legendary hellfire club the masked uniformed men with guns are part of an elite mercenary cadre employed by the ultra-secret inner circle of the of the club they're killers pure and simple believed to be best in the world. We have Wolverine hiding in the rafters as the man are looking below in a warehouse. This is, a, this is silly. We've been searching these basements for over an hour, hunting a mutie who's probably dead. Wolverine went into a storm sewer, right? It was like a flash flood down there. If the fall didn't kill him, the water had to. We're wasting our time. And even if he did survive, so what? The inner circles captured the rest of the X-Men Wolverine's just one man. How much damage can he do? Huh? Water. He notices water is dripping from the ceiling. He looks up. There ain't no pipes here. How come we got a leak? Murray, all of you, the ceiling! Wolverine jumps down. Surprise! The mercenaries react with desperate, deadly speed. Angelo, he's coming for you! It doesn't save them. Wolverine slashes out with a hurrah! Neither does their skill. Wolverine never stops, he never slows, each movement blending into the next in a frightening display of destruction. He's doing what he does best, and having the time of his life. Way to go. I've been in rougher houses, the odds here are uh, only three to make that two to one. But I ain't complaining as he slashes another soldier. But one of them gets a beat on him and almost cuts him in half with machine gun fire. These twerps are just small fry, though. The ones I want are the bosses. Uh Uh-oh. Oof. Got him. He's down, Cole. And he ain't moving, is he? I don't know. Stay back and cover me. I'm positive he hit Wolverine dead center, but after what I've seen tonight, I ain't taking no chances. He slowly approaches Wolverine, kicking over boxes to reveal the the body. Blast. I'd have to shift some of these crates to get a closer shot. That's bringing me a lot closer to Wolverine than I had in mind. Stay alert, Rosen. If he blinks an eye, kill him. Hey, hey, you know what, buddy? I think the little runt is dead. But Wolverine surprises him and jumps up with a shock. Slash to the chest. No! Your mistake, bub. This little runt lives. Which is more than I can say for you. That was close. Almost too close. If I hadn't spun away when I the guy fired, his burst would have cut me in two. Instead of simply crease him aside. Only one left. Don't move, fella. He's scared. Can't say I blame him, either. Let him see if I can make him feel worse. Hey, bub, You know I know what you're thinking. He's hurt, and he's five meters away from me, and I got a full clip of ammo with my rifle. Question is, can I kill Wolverine before he can reach me and cut me into shish kebab with those freaky claws of his? Well, bub, Wolverine's virtually unkillable. Wolverine's claws are adamantium, the strongest metal known, capable of slicing through... Vidanium steel like a hot knife through butter. And five meters of floor ain't much distance at all. For me. The guard starts to quiver in fear. It's your play, hero. I'm waiting. The guard drops his gun. Clunk. Shoot, I was hoping you'd go for it. What are you doing? Stay back. I gave up. I surrender. No, please no. I've mellowed some since joining the X-Men. In the old days, I I wouldn't have given the punk a choice. Be cool, bub. I ain't gonna kill you. I ain't even gonna hurt you. He grabs grabs the guard, raises him above his head, pops his claws. Ah! Provided you tell me all there is to know about the Hellfire Club hotshots who clobbered the X-Men. On that note, let's shift our scene to an upstairs library where we find those self-same X-Men, Colossus, Nightcrawler, Storm, and Cyclops, chained and helpless, their mutant powers completely neutralized by the fields built into their manacles. Their captors call themselves the Inner Circle of the Hellfire Club, and they form the rotten core of a a perfectly legitimate, respectable, legendary New York institution. They're an exclusive, ultra-secret cabal, a club within the club, dedicated to the acquisition of power for its members. Among these members, the Black Queen, Jean Grey, once an X-Men until she was psychically seduced, into the enemy's camp by by Jason Wingard, a man better known, to us as mastermind, mutant master of illusion. The chairman of the Inner Circle is Sebastian Shaw, also a mutant. Beside him stands Leland and Pierce, one a mutant, the other a cyborg, part human, part robot. Congratulations, Weingard, you have done well. This knave's arrogance is matched only by his ambition, through his precious black queen, Weingard's thinking to eventually seize control of the Inner Circle, but he thinks Sebastian Shaw... But if he's thinking Sebastian Shaw will be an easy uh, a con- uh, conquest as the X-Men, he's in for a surprise. Asa Weingard gives uh, the Black Queen, Jean Grey, a deep kiss. Despite his pleasant words, Shaw suspects me, but I will deal with him and far sooner than he expects. For the moment, however, I intend to fully enjoy the fruits of my victory. Weingard and the Black Queen embrace like long-lost lovers, and when they finally part, Jean's eyes are lit with a cruel, wanton passion she's never shown before. Storm, all of you stand. Storm, all of you, I don't understand. In my heart I know that is Jean Grey, says Colossus. Yes, she, it, yet she isn't, says Storm. What have we, what have they done to her, says Nightcrawler? If I could speak, Nightcrawler, I'd tell you, thanks Scott. Thanks to masterminds, thanks to mastermind Jean believes she's physically shifting in time, reliving reliving the life of his 18th century ancestor. Everything she sees, including us, is in terms of the 1700s. These ancestors, Lady Jean Grey, wife of Sir Jason Weingard, uh, knows nothing of the X-Men. Her allegiance is to the Hellfire Club, as if they ask her to kill us. I have a nasty feeling she'd do it without a second thought. I expected better of you. In all the years you have been my been my slave, I have never mistreated you. Aurora thinks slave. I trusted you only to see that you betr- that trade trust. Aurora thinks goddess. There's such evil in Jean's voice. Is this what you want, beauty? The keys that will free you from and your companions. She dangles a set of keys in front of her. Aurora thinks beauty. The English translation of my real name, Aurora. Jean has made it an insult. She's taunting me, flaunting my headdress and lockpick. Jean, hear me. We're friends. I... Silence. You dare speak? So to me, slave, I am not your friend, but your mistress. Leave her alone. Curse you, screams Nightcrawler. I own you. And as my right... Right, mine will be the hand that ends your worthless existence, as she slaps a with a whip. (laughs) Scott thinks, if only I could see, locked inside this ruby quartz helmet... I can only guess at what's going on. The helmet may neutralize my optic blast, but not my brain. I can physically act, but I I can think. I remember the Butte near Angel's Arizona home a week ago. Jean was telling me about her time slips and recent dramatic upsurge in her powers as Phoenix. That That frightened her and me too, and yet it fascinated her as well. It's the last issue. It's weird having your... Uh, Psychokinetic talent hold back the power of my optic blast I wanted to see your face all of your face disappointed? No Scott, I'd like to establish a permanent rapport, a psychic bond between us, part of me in your head, part of you in my head I'm asking a lot, total sharing total intimacy, total trust I understand if you say no Scott says, I say yes that's personal, private rapport still exists with luck it could become the the key to bursting out of this mess. I trust you've learned your lesson, beauty. Defy me and the Hellfire Club at your peril. Kurt says, "Jean, my dear, wh- whoever responsible for transforming you into the Black Queen will pay, whatever it costs, whatever how long it takes." This nightcrawler swears. Herr Shaw, pardon my asking, but why are the X-Men still alive? Shaw says, "There's no profiting in simply killing you, Herr Wagner. You know my name." Among other things, super-powered mutants are becoming commonplace in the world. If my associates and I can isolate the genetic quirk that created us, and, and then custom build, through genetic engineering, mutants at will, the possibilities are limitless. In, the, in that quest, Nightcrawler, your X-Men will be our guinea pigs. You know, in a sense, it would have been better for you, four of you had killed you. If we had killed you. Interlude. It's dawn over Muir Island, and for once the sea is calm among the forbidding barrel barren rock located just north of the Scotland's Cape Wrath, uh, all of 500 miles below the Arctic Circle. In many ways, the island mirrors the persona of the woman who owns it. Remote, beautiful, elemental, unyielding. When she first arrived here, for, for that many years after that, Maura MacTaggart lived alone. Now her, her hermitage is over. She has someone to share her work and her life, someone she loves and who loves her. His name is Sean Cassidy, and as the Banshee, he used to be an X-Men. Now he is only a man, and he is content. Lights on in Mora's office. She's been up all night again. I've been trying to get her to rest for the last few days. She's been driving herself harder than ever. Mora, darling, feeling up to a jog around the island? Ugh, dreadful thought. Want to fool around then? <laughs> the spirit is willing, my love, but the flesh is beat. Your trouble laughs, Want to talk? I've just finished processing the data scans Professor Xavier made of Jean in New York. Bad news? Sean Love. As Phoenix, Jean realized her ultimate potential as a psi, She possessed the power of a god and only the experience and awareness of a young woman. She couldn't cope with that totally. that totality of power. I doubt anyone on earth could. So protect yourself from protect itself from itself her mind engaged a series of psychic circuit breakers that cut her power back to a level she could manage but lately someone or something has been relying releasing those break breakers there are almost none left Jean's once more tapping near infinite power levels is there nothing we can do Morura we can pray interlude a full moon lights the stark, rugged landscape of the Arizona desert along the Continental Divide. It's the witching hour, midnight, and the high-flying angel is is engaging in a bit of exercise. I love it up here. The sky always clears my head, res- restores my sense of perspective. It's the element my, of my true home. It's times like these I hate having to return to Earth, but I do all the same. He swoops into his home. As Warren Worthington III, retired X-Men, dives towards his mountain-top chalet, his falcon-keen eyes automatically swoop the surrounding countryside, searching for anything out of the ordinary, the merest hint of trouble. He's a little disappointed when he finds none. Await- awaiting him on the veranda is the X-Men's founder, their teacher and mentor, Professor Charles Xavier. Evening, Professor. Not the only one, only one case of insomnia tonight. Professor, you've been on edge ever since Cyclops took the X-Men to New York to confront the Elfire Club. He left you behind, and is that what's bugging you? I had good reason. If the, t- if the team is following a false lead, then no harm's done. If they hit pay dirt, then heaven forbid, run into trouble, they'll be safe, free to carry on the fight. I should be with them ex- be with the X-Men angel, monitoring their progress, aiding them in battles I did with the original X-Men. I feel so helpless. I still cannot reestablish my mental rapport. With the team, I won't know what's happening to them until it's too late. From the beginning, I've trained Cyclops to take the place, my place as leader of the X-Men, but when that day finally came, I found I resented it and him. That resentment caused me to make some terrible mistakes, Angel. I fear innocent people will suffer because of them. Ominous words. Those meaning will soon become apparent, but first it's time to run, return to the Hellfire Club we'll find the institution's anniversary party, attended by some of the wealthiest, most influential people in America, if not the world, still going strong. How's the champagne holding out, Mary? Better than you, better than, better than my feet, Lou. Uh, it took us a week to set up for the shindig, and it's going to take a month to recover. Deliver this tray to Senator Kelly's party. We're supposed to give him special attention. Kelly, the presidential candidate? I didn't know he was a member of the club. He isn't. He's Mr. Shaw's invited guest. A dumbwaiter opens up, and we see Wolverine sneaking out. Sounds like the coast is clear. By time, too, main, main floor, everybody's out. Using this dumbwaiter to get out of the basement wasn't a bad idea. That way, I bypass all the guards. There's there's a time for a scrapping and a time for being sneaky. Either way, Wolverine's the best there is. That goon I, I questioned wasn't much help. I've been following the Nightcrawler's scent. I'm staying... I'm starting to pick up the traces of the other X-Men as well. Trouble is, trouble is they're leading me up to the second floor and my dumbwaiter don't go that high. No stairs, uh, no stairs in this hall. The only way I'm going to get upstairs is going to cut straight through across the dance floor. And I don't think I'm going to be able to do that without making a fuss. Gun is pointed to his head. Freeze, sucker. Whoop. Meanwhile... You're far more vivacious and exciting than your predecessor, the White Queen. I like that. I'm glad, Squire, Leland, I like you. Jean's flirting with them all. Mastermind's giving her the instinct of a minx. But I can't. But I daren't I, I think about that. I've got to focus on the job at hand. Nothing else. So thinks Cyclops. If I can reach Jean through our private rapport, maybe I can shatter the time-slip time illusion Mastermind has created. It's a long shot, Cyclops knows. And an all-or-nothing gambit, but he has no alternative. For a long time, to Cyclops, and eternity, nothing happens. And then, the face mask, it's gone. I'm wearing my visor again. I can see. My gamble's paid off. Either that, or I'm going crazy. I'm not, it's not Gene or Professor. I've never tried a stunt like this before. For all I know, I could imagine everything. I've got to think positively. No way my imagination could come up with a place as weird as this. The room, the others, the... have disappeared. I must have... I must be on what Jean calls the Astral Plane. I've made it this far, I hope, but where do I go from here? What? My clothes? My uniform's changed into some sort of revolutionary war outfit. The door appearing out of nowhere. It's the entrance to the Hellfire Club. Snapping Jean out of the Mastermind spell isn't going to be as easy as I thought. She's making me, making me com- conform to the... the uh, To the 18th century reality of her time slip. I didn't anticipate that her control would be so complete. Still, Jean Grey is the woman I love. Um, And the man she loves has has to count for something. There she is as the door opens. She's dressed like the Black Queen. That's not good. Jean, it's me, Scott. Do I know you, sir? Your voice is strangely familiar, but your garb marks you as an American rebel, King George's enemy, and mine. Try to remember, I'm Scott Summers. We're lovers, you and I, and we're X-Men. You're wasting your time, boy, says Weingard. Neither of you nor your precious X-Men mean anything to my late lady wife. Be gone from this place, sir, or my husband will cut you down where you stand. Mastermind, this is impossible. Mastermind has no psi powers. He casts sophisticated illusions, nothing more. How could he have learned of genes and my rapport? How, more importantly, how did he take control of it? I've got no choice. If I'm to free Gene, I've have to fight him and on his turf and his terms, as Dr- Scott draws his sword. On God, Sir Jason. The stripling bears his fangs and imitates the actions of a tiger. Poor boy, you've played right into my hands. I've known of your precious rapport from the moment it was established. I knew you tried to reach Gene through it, and in fact I was consulting I was counting on your doing precisely that. But how? says Scott. I've never possessed the kind of, you've never possessed this kind of psychic powers. Let, let that remain my secret, Cyclops. When I slay you in this duel, your rapport, Jean Grey's final link with the X-Men and the, and the virtual life she once led, will be severed. When we truly be mine, body and soul, together we shall first rule the Hellfire Club and then the world. The odds in this duel are all in Mastermind's favor. He knows how to use a sword, I don't. Very nice move, Cyclops, switching hands like that. It's trying to throw me off balance. You may be a novice, but you learn quickly. Unfortunately, not quickly enough to save you. I went from I went for broke that time and he parried my attack easily. He's toying with me. Positively positive he can kill me whenever he feels like it. And I'm afraid he might be. At that moment At that moment, let's return to Wolverine and the garden. Hands on your heads, fella, and no mo- no fast moves. Ow, as Wolverine grabs his arm. Bub, where fast moves were concerned, I don't mean, I didn't don't mean to, the meaning of the word. Great, the crowd's already spooked. This caught a panicum, this ought to panicum for sure. Maybe I can turn that to my advantage as he throws the guard into the room. Watch out. Keep calm, folks, stay out of my way and you won't get hurt. Back here, everyone, back, let security handle this. Another costume maniac, what's happening here? Center, where's the Secret Service? All of this, at all costs, the Senator Kelly must be protected. As the guards approach Wolverine, hold it, Mister. This is as far as you go. Come peaceably, little man, or in pieces, your choice. You want me, bub? Then come and get me, if you can. As Wolverine is is falls below uh, a dozen blows. I better, con- I better cool it with my claws against these bozos. They might be inner circle mercenaries, but they might also be legit uh, club employees or rent-a-cops, and even Secret Servers carving them up would be- create more hassle than it solves. The odds against Wolverine start out bad and quickly get worse, and soon disappears beneath a veritable avalanche of custom club-wielded bodies. While on the astral plane, his consciousness suspended between his mind and genes, Scott Summers, isn't faring much better. No matter how hard I try, Mastermind keeps pushing me back on the defensive. The mental strain is ter- terrific. It's affecting my astral form like physical fatigue. I'm, trying, I'm starting to slow down, while Mastermind is as fast and as sure of himself as ever. Suddenly, Mastermind disarms him. My sword. If I were a chivalrous man, Cyclops, I would allow you to surrender, but I am not chivalrous. And mastermind runs him through, and our duel was to the death. We return to reality. You were a noble, valiant foe, Cyclops, all a hero could hope to be. But in the in but in this case, the best man won. My friends, what happened? Says Colossus. Cyclops was all right a moment ago. Then he gave a great cry and collapsed. Says Storm. Nightcrawler. Says, he lies so still, Storm Colossus. His chest isn't moving. He isn't breathing. Cyclops is dead. Next issue, Too Late, The Heroes. The end. I want to thank everyone for uh, listening to our first episode of Storytime. And stay tuned for more. Thank you.